Hello, greetings and salutations and welcome to part two of this one year anniversary celebration type deal. Yay! This was definitely recorded on the same night as the other one, I promise you. Yeah, there's no change in my mic quality. There's definitely no additional echo from a different room. Nope, 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 nope. definitely not. My voice isn't even weaker from a week of shouting at people from all the blood spraying screaming. And nope. dinosaurs. Nope, definitely not. Yeah. So, my name is Dave, and over there on the interwebs is... My name is Michael Kane. And in, when your name isn't Michael Kane, It's actually Matt. Lovely. So, this episode is going to be our look back, not at 2020 as a whole for films, movies, and video games, but 2020 on the whole, if you excuse the pun or phrase, for the actual podcast and podcast-related type deals itself. I don't know. I think your statement was quite good. On the whole, 2020 the was whole. a little bit shit. A little bit. I mean, I can't, I can't really disagree with that. I started this wonderful podcasting adventure on the 30th of January... 2020, unbeknown to the whole entire world at this point, unless you were closely following the news at that point, about germs. They were a thing, and nobody really knew what was happening at that point. And I thought, you know what? I want to start a podcast. So looking back at the last year, I just want to say thank you very much to everybody who's been listening, subscribed on their feeds, the very, very kind people who've actually done a donate during live streams as well. Thank you very much. I hope I've used your money well. Money, 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 money. Or arguably not, but we will see. Um, so really, I don't really know where to start. Have you got anything sort of you want to ask me about the year, kind of what's happened in, in the Anyone for Seconds podcast landscape then, Matt? Yeah, there were a few things, actually. The first thing I wanted to say was, you started a podcast and didn't tell me about it, and I heard about it on another podcast where they gave you a shout-out. <laughs> what happened there? I'm I'm assuming you are referring to uh, the ever-so-wonderful Strong Language and Violent Scenes podcast. Yes. They gave you a shout-out. I went, Dave's pot new podcast, give it a listen, and I went, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know what the reception was going to be when I started this weird and wonderful podcast journey because podcasting is something that I wanted, I've wanted to do for many, many years. Basically, long story short, what kind of when I was in the midst of a deep depression, uh, podcasts kind of helped me lift myself out of it, and it got to the point where I'd listened to so much of them, I was thinking, huh. I could do my own. And when it when it came to 2019, when I had moved out of Deepest Darkest Peru, aka Essex, I spent the entirety of 2019 just basically planning and getting a formula down for the podcast before eventually I kind of turned around at the start of 2020. I mean, do you know what? If I don't do it, I will never do it. So I just put out episode zero and here we are today, one year later. Yeah, and I was a very rude intrudie about three <laughs> to four months in when, having listened, you were talking about rubbish video games, and I'm like, I have rubbish video games. And you're like, do you? And I'm like, yeah, yes, I do. 
I think it was actually you who came up with the format for the video game episode. So I just want to say thank you very much for that. It's much better as a result. Oh, well, there we go then. And I'm even more tired for it having watched you fail at simple game mechanics for extended periods of time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there is that. I make no apologies for my awful video game playing, especially if people who here have watched me on Twitch and uh, they can attest to my awful video game playing, for sure. And yeah, they keep coming back for more. Yeah, I don't know why. Do you know what the, the, the puzzling bit is? Is the fact that they've done a donation, which is cool. And I thank them very, very much heartily, you know, because I never I never mention about donations, about donating, but you can if you want to. Uh, I don't even know the link off the top of my head. This is how prepared I am. So is there anything else that you, you any questions, sort of any look back highlights of the year personally for you, even though kind of like you said, you jumped into the podcast about three to four months within its initial kind of starting point? I found the most amusing thing was watching uh, Santa Slay with a group of people because yes. normally I watch that by myself. Yes. The and to hear everybody's confusion... <laughs> I thought was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, other highlights. Let's have a little think. We already discussed how disappointed I was with your feedback of of covering ACDC's Fly and All album, but I did find your coverage of Lulu, that you're a table and a chair, you're a four-piece dining suite or something. I can't remember <laughs> the lyric. I am um, a table. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that did that did make me want to go listen to that album again. You, you that did, did amuse me. <laughs> well, yeah. And then as for a video game highlight, I think probably the funniest thing that occurred was when we were playing Fighting Force. When you turned to me and went, I've never seen you so dejected. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think actually made the episode where I'd got to the point of this going, this, this is a nothing. This is barely even a game. I was just sitting there like... <laughs> Like not even on this planet going, can can we just turn this off? <laughs> that just amused me no end because I'm like, that game has really had, because it wasn't a game, has really had a damaging effect on me. And then I think the next game we played immediately after that was like one of the best games I've played in a long time, which was... Chase the uh, Express. Midnight, yeah, Chase the Express. I was going to say Midnight Train to Cairo, but yeah, Chase the Express. <laughs> Yeah, that that I've never seen you. Honestly, I've never seen you look so upset when you were playing that fighting force game. It, it was not a game. It was that was. It, it was no. really funny because when for listeners at home, basically, uh, I want to say possibly in 2019, I bought off of a uh, family friend uh, a very large bag, basically that had a PS2, PS2 games in it, an Xbox 360. Loads of Xbox 360 games. So when I finally got round to suddenly thinking, ha, huh, I've got these PS2 and PS2 games. There's hashtag content in these bags. I looked at Fighting Force and I was like, that could be quite fun. That looks a lot like Die Hard Arcade. That could be really fun. Sorry, would have been better if we'd played Die Hard Arcade. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I thought this could be a lot of fun and it 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 really wasn't. Made a good episode though. <laughs> for sure, it made oh, a good I don't episode. Know. I'm... Still scarred from that. Hopefully, it was received well. I don't know. I still get flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. What about yourself? Highlights? Um, Highlights for you? I think for me, uh, one of the biggest highlights 
was putting out that very first episode, so the one you already mentioned, which was the Lulu episode, which to see that go down so well with people and, and getting people replying to me saying, oh, I've gone to listen to the album now, you put up a compelling ar- argument, shall we say, was quite um, was quite a thing. And it, yeah, it was really, really cool to see. Uh, film-wise, I've got to say, I'm in a similar vein with you, but it's not necessarily the Silent Slayer one, but it's actually the Freddy's Revenge Welcome to prime time, bitch! <laughs> Watch along I did in October on Twitch that later went out edited as a highlights episode. That was a lot of fun watching that. Not only revisiting it after so many years after having seen it originally, but also watching it with a group of people who were so receptive to it as well was, was really, really cool. And even just watching, just watching films in general, and just being, and just having the opportunity to kind of sit down and write things, it's really quite nice. Because when you're at school and things like that, you don't really think about writing or anything. You go, oh, I've got, to, I've got to write an essay or things like that. But when it's about something that you actually quite like or you quite enjoy, it's actually really fun. Yeah. So it's kind of brought back that love of writing for me, and I, yeah, I, I love it so much, which is. A really, really quite surprising thing to say. Game-wise, I think probably getting you involved is probably one of the best things and probably the highlight of this year, to be honest, because I think if I'd kept going with the video game uh, versions as it was, as it was, so for reference, uh, I think episode Jersey three... Devil. Yeah, episode three was Jersey Devil was one I did on my own, and that was a mighty pain in the ass to write, whereas kind of having you on board who could feed the information to me so I could playing it there and then getting the reaction it was it seems more natural in a way oh it makes sense because i know many things many random things anyway uh, about things that i like and so some of the stuff i had to look up but other things i just knew and the other thing as well is a lot of the time you do you would just spring the game on me so i wouldn't even know what's coming you're going right we're playing this and you're recording this because you did that with um legacy of kane Legacy again. Is there any sort of um, things that maybe you thought mm, I wish we'd kind of done that in the first year that that didn't come out in the end? I know a few of my game suggestions we didn't get around to recording for one reason or another, but I think it's just the nature of it where it's sort of like, oh, it'd be great if we could do a run of these, but then also it's a bit like they get very same either very quickly. I won't yeah. name anything because we may still do a few of them as and when. I think there was one game in particular where we recorded and went, yeah, that's not going out. What was it? We started to record Murdered Soul Suspect. Ah, yes. And sort of a couch cart method of when either of us gets bored or stuck, pass the joypad over and it's just like a single player game. And we initially started going, this is a bit janky, this is a bit naff. And we got about half an hour into it going, but this is actually quite good for all those reasons, and we just sort of kept playing it. That's and, um, right. We totally need to finish that. We should. And uh, maybe that's something we could do a co-op stream on or something, perhaps. Oh, yeah, for sure, sure. That's definitely a, a thing for the future. I will put it on the Dropbox. <laughs> I need to know if that man solves that thing for those people and that stuff that's doing his resolution. I can't just leave it floating there. Uh, uh, floating. Uh, He's a ghost. Um, uh, uh, um, funny. Yeah. 
So it's funny you say about scrapped recordings and things, because I have my notebook of dreams with me. Now, have you ever seen the notebook, Matt? So for the listeners at home, I will probably take a picture and put it on the socials. So this here is my notebook where I did, this is where I did my original scrolls for all of the episodes. Why have you wrote them in blood? (laughs) And I still have quite a lot of things in here. I've got the original list for the podcast episodes I was going to do. I've got, I think somewhere, I've still got the very first episode I ever wrote in here as well. I think I've got the Lulu episode. I've got the actual format of the show written down. Anyway, I'm bringing this up because in here I've actually got a uh, summation for a podcast that never was. Okay. If you were interested in hearing it. Nah. He says no. Nah. <laughs> okay, so I did a whole long recording of Paul Blart Mall Cop 1. Oh, why? Because I was because it was on Netflix or on Amazon or one of these many, many weird and wonderful streaming services. And I thought, this is awful. I need to record this. However, I watched it and I recorded it. And I thought, that's fine. Because what I normally do, peeking back behind the curtains yet again, what I normally do is I will watch the film, record the commentary with the film, and then immediately after, I will either get on my phone or get pen to paper and write down exactly what I thought of the film there and then, so that it is pretty much still fresh and such. So that's interesting that you actually watch and do the commentary, live commentary first, before you are actually looked into anything about the film. So some of them you are going into completely cold. That is the way I used to do it, which is um, which is a way of doing it, I suppose. But now I am of the thinking where I'm doing the research beforehand before I then watch the film. But at this point... For the Paul Blart one, I was like, right, I, I vaguely know about it. It's it's um, Kevin James on a uh, segue. I wrote down this kind of summation, and then I went back to edit the podcast. And I think the Sex, Sex and City episode has gone out now. Yes. Yes, it has. So the Sex I've and City. to it. There's much yeah. swearing, then a huge pause, and then drinking. Yes, the drink did not help. Mm. Um, no, it did <laughs> but yeah, I listened to it and uh, it was so similar to the Till Death Do Us Blart podcast. Just basically everything I was saying in this commentary was basically 100% the same. I was like, I can't put it out because I love those guys and they do they do it so well over there. I can't do it. But I do have like four paragraphs of summation that I've kept for whatever reason, because reasons. Well, um, I think all we have to say about Paul Blart Mall Cop is it's fucking awful. So I'd seen that film and I knew nothing of the, uh, the podcast. And yeah, we won't speak any further on that. <laughs> I can pull out some favourite lines, though, of this. Uh, do you know what? I'm just going to read it out. Well, this is an odd one. I feel like Paul Blart is a film that is at odds with itself. The first half tries to be a, quote, comedy about a loser who works as a security officer. Following his trials and tribulations, the second half turns into what is essentially a knockoff die hard. The character does a sudden 180 becomes unrecognizable in that second half. Rather than this down on his luck loser, he suddenly becomes an all star action hero, leaping from moving cars, having one liners and general badassery. 
it's a confusing mix. It's almost as if there were two scripts that were mashed together with a crude comedy. Two attempts to fix them together. Sadly, neither is any good. I'm sure there's a good film in there somewhere struggling to get out. It's Die Hard in the Ball, or is it a drama about a loser security guard? I don't know. For a comedy film, it's main scenes and it's just not funny. The jokes are too obvious or badly executed. As a larger guy myself, I do often poke fun at myself. However, in this film, it comes across as mean-spirited and downright disgusting. Disgusting. Kevin James, we do not approve of your fat-shaming ways. Come on, be better. <laughs> okay, that's quite a funny line there, to be fair. Uh, for its merits, though, it's competently made. The direction is fine. The soundtrack is fine. The editing is fine. It just doesn't do anything spectacular, nor does it need to. It's just fine. I wouldn't personally recommend this film, as okay as it was. Honestly, there are better ways to spend 90 minutes. If you want a comedy, look elsewhere. If you want an action film, go elsewhere. The thing is, there are a lot of films similar to this that are much better and genuinely more entertaining. Go find those and ignore this. Seriously. So there you go. You've you've had a look at <laughs> yeah, a uh, deleted episode, I, I guess it would be, which is quite cool. So uh, what I think we'll do now is we've pretty much covered what our highlights, as in myself and Matt's highlights for the years were. I think what we will do is we will turn it over to our wonderful listeners for their questions. Dun, dun, dun. So I put out the call on at anyone podcast on the Twitters and on the Facebooks. If you've still got a Facebook that I say, bravo, good on you. We've got some questions that need answering. So are we ready okay. to A some cues? Yeah, let's cue all over that, A. Eh? So this is from Mighty One Sam on the Twitters. Hello, Sam. I hope you're doing okay in the Australia land. Who says, this is in my Spotify account now. I just thought you should know it's your fault. And they have put a picture of the Paris Hilton album. Now, I think we said this in part one. I put out that episode as a warning. You shouldn't be listening to it. Yeah. But you listen to what you want to listen to, Sam. No, no. That was put out as a safety alert. And you've misinterpreted it. You should <laughs> not be listening to Paris Hilton. <laughs> Paris Hilton should only be watched in House of Wax where she gets horribly murdered or in Spoilers. Repo or in Repo the Genetic Opera where her face falls off yes yes it does <laughs> because of surgery 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 <laughs> so Sam also says apart from that you and Matt are doing a fantastic job I hope it continues well into the future thank you very much Sam kind of you to say thank that. you I have a question they say do you and Matt share the same taste in movies, particularly horror? So I'm going to let you feel this one first, Matt. We did, and then there was a divergence. Okay. Explain. I, I would say initially we're into the same sort of things, including The Thing. Indeed. Freddy versus Jason, sort of your typical slasher films, um, some of the teen horror films from like the early 2000s, late 90s, like Scream. I know what you did last summer. Uh, those sort of things were into, and then and then this thing happened where David got a job, <laughs> and then he had this thing called money, <laughs> and then he ended up going to me, "Have you seen this film?" And I can't even read half of them off. I know a lot of them were filmed in Italy, 
I know a lot of them were probably filmed before 1980. I think one of the highlights was a film you told me about called The Driller Killer. And it was set in a time before cordless drills, and yet this guy was running around with a cordless drill murdering people. I'm like, <laughs> that, no, that does, doesn't appeal to me. Do you know what? And then, yeah. Even now, we still intersect a little bit. Like, I think we both said the new paranormal activity. When I say the new paranormal activity, I mean the first entry in the paranormal yeah. activity series was quite good. Yeah. We also said recently, uh, we're both a little bit. undecided on the new Halloween, um, as in Halloween 2019. Yeah, Halloween 2018, yeah. Sort of sequel continuation 30 years later. See, I remember you saying you really like that. Yeah, the more uh, more I go, it was all right. See, I because I came out of that and I went, I really didn't like that because to me it seems really, really mean-spirited. Which is a really mm-hmm. weird thing to say about Halloween, given he's it's Michael Myers, he's a serial killer. Um, it yeah. just seemed unnecessarily mean, and it didn't really sit right with me, especially since... That, Sign of the times. Yeah, exactly. Especially since me and Matt have gone back, and it's actually is one of the inspirations for the podcast, was that we sat, uh, I want to say it was possibly throughout 2019, and we watched the entirety of the Halloween series. <laughs> Because reasons, of course, we did. Um, yeah. Would anybody be interested in hearing some more about that at another time? Let us know. Yeah, because that's that's something we need to discuss for sure. I I have criticisms, <laughs> Name, namely hospitals in Halloween Part Two. But but we're, we're, we're going to get we're going to skip over that. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say that for the. It's about 50-50 for the same taste in films because, again, as Matt has already said... Well, the question said, was horror films, not particularly films. Particularly horror. I think, we intersect, like you said, we do intersect at some places where you will watch the more, I hasten to use the word, mainstream, mainstream Hollywood sort of horror. Yeah. I will delve back further into more cult curios and quote-unquote classics, more specifically kind of the video films from the 1980s, video nasties uh, kind of debacle and things like that. And obviously, I have a great love for Italian horror from the 1980s and early 90s stuff by directors like Dario Argento and Lucio Fulci, and to a lesser extent, Ruggiero Diodato, but again, that is mainly for Cannibal Holocaust and things like that. Matt's just kind of sat there not having a clue <laughs> what but, I'm on about. Well, I know the names, but yeah. none of the appeals to me. I would sort of look and go, why would I want to watch something so ridiculous? See, this is um, cheap. They always strike me as cheap. Yeah, see, hence the term they're Joe Nasties, I dare say. They just strike me as sort of looking at them going, they're just over the top and unnecessary. I, I kind of like horrors to be not necessarily grounded, they don't have to be grounded because I do like quite a lot of the John Carpenter ones, for example, but yeah. then maybe they're more thriller slash psychological. Yeah, but then also I have the same issue with modern films like everybody rents and raves about is it Annabelle, Coraline? the one with the doll, and then that one, Hereditary and stuff like that. And I look at that and go, doesn't interest me. 
Annabelle the doll, yeah. See, I've got Hereditary on the to watch list. It is there to watch, along with Midsummer as well, because I know they got a lot of positive yeah. reviews. But I, I think, I think for me, I, it's kind of I prefer the more visceral stuff, whether it be more explicitly gory or or exploitation. Because I mean, I have gone as far as watching. As I've already said, I'm more sort of into the more extreme cinema, I guess, in a way, because obviously already with the podcast, you've already heard my episode on The Human Centipede number two. Uh, I don't think Matt's listened to that. Yeah, I mean, there's that. I mean, Cannibal Holocaust is one of my all-time favourite films, despite all of the animal cruelty and things about that, which we're not going to go into now because reasons yeah um, so maybe this is an interesting statement that we intersect on a few horror things because horror isn't my preferred genre yeah i think that's what it is because sometimes i would say to you before you go back to describing some of your more peculiar tastes yeah um i'll say to you have you seen the latest action room have you seen the raid for example and you'll be like no or have you seen um I'm looking on the bookshelf here, like the Born Identity. I think recently we it was in between one of our lockdowns, we watched um Jack Reacher. Yeah. The twenty twelve Tom Cruise film. And you went, I fucking hate Tom Cruise and this is gonna be rubbish. You sat there and by the end of the film you'd thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'd been saying for a long time, he's not Jack Reacher in terms of the book series, which are very good, please read them, but more I read a lot of books, by the way. It was more that it's just a good stand-up action film. It has a brilliant sequence with a car chase where he just casually steps out of the car, Danny, yeah. into a crowd at a bus stop. See, um, it's funny you say about the raid because I I remember you when we had uh, Cineworld Unlimited tickets. First of all, who remembers cinemas? And then second of all, who remembers unlimited cards in Cineworld where you could go see as many films as you want? We yeah. saw the raid. They went up four quid every bloody year, Robin bastards. Say, so, I know we saw the raid on a special preview screening and you said, oh, it's supposed to be really good. It's supposed to be like action and stuff. Yeah. And I went, I've never heard of this. And it's like you introduced me to uh, Ong Back as well. Yep. Uh, Ong Back is amazing. Such a good film. Yep. And I think. Again, I think the horror aspect, again, like I said before, I like the more extreme and visceral. You you, you don't particularly like that, but you will watch quite bloody and violent action films per se because that is more yeah. your chosen sort of... Yeah. If you were going to go on Mastermind, that would be your chosen subject. It would be something like John claude oh, Van Damme no. films or something <laughs> stupid, Army, Arnie films. The Running Man. The Running Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. They'll be like, what do you mean, The Running Man? Yeah, the film The Running Man. Yeah, the Running Man. Just just the film. <laughs> Everything about The Running Man. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the book it was inspired by, by Richard Bachman, the pseudonym of um, Stephen King. See, he knows his stuff. But Things. I think... And I've read la- it. It's good. I think the last thing we sort of majorly disagreed about, again, I think it was uh, before The Germs... It's not horror, but I think the last thing we really disagreed on was Odd Thomas. That is, I really liked that. I absolutely hated it. I hated yeah, every minute yeah, of that you, film. You're wrong. 
so this pretty much tells you all you need to know about our dynamic really <laughs> it, it, it's odd how some of the stuff we both like make sense and then then other things where i can be like so determined on it like yeah that was brilliant and then we just end up at tangents because for example if i was to say to you dread you'd be like yes best film yes, ever i love Dread. in that category Whereas if I was to say to you the born identity, you'd be like, oh, fucking Matt Damon. No, I don't like that. And I'd be like, it's a brilliant film. <laughs> uh, if we were then to say like um, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, one of my favourites. Yes. Would you agree with that? You'd go, it's a yeah. brilliant film. I love Big Trouble if we, Yeah, if we were then to say, um, I think Crank, for example, you'd go, no, don't really like that. I like crank. Or the transport. Transporter, then. It's one of the safer ones you don't like, isn't it? Is it transporter? No, it's the expendables you have the issue with. Uh, The the expendables is a funny one. (laughs) It's a weird one. I I like it and I don't like it. It's it's weird. So I think moving on from there, I think very tangentially linked to that is another question from Roxmore on the Twitters. Hello, Roxmore, you wonderful gent, you, who featured on our Pink Floyd The Final Cut episode. This time, he's getting in contact with us to say, what is the earliest film you remember talking to each other about? So I think think we're going to have differing opinions here because I remember Mm. two two very distinct occasions where we actually talked to each other about a film. The first one being, I remember it, I remember it vividly. This is mad. Coming home, I think we must have, well, this was 1999. So I I was about eight and you must have been, you must have been like 10 or 11 or 10. something like that. And I remember we were walking home across the common because we'd been to the cinema because mum had taken us. And we were talking yep. about Star Wars Episode One. I just okay, remember yeah. that on a really bright, hot summer's day, saying, yeah, that was quite good. It was all right, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, 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 it was good, yeah. Didn't we like the pod race? Yeah, the pod race was great. How cool was Darth Maul? He had two lightsabers. Yeah, 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 that's really Darth cool. Darth Maul was cool. He is cool. And then the other occasion I remember must have been in 1997, uh, I would have been six and you would have been like nine or ten, I guess, and I remember us walking home again across the, because again, we went, when we were younger, we went to the cinema a lot with mum because dad worked a lot. And uh, I remember again walking home across this green and we were talking about Batman and Robin. I'm Batman. And we were saying, oh, did you see the bit in the asylum where there was, there was the Riddler costume and look, there was the Joker's uh, suit there as well. Yeah, I was on like like a uh, cloven shelf on that. Yeah, that was the very earliest memory I kind of ever remember talking to each other about. Because we saw that one at the art house rather than at the Warner Brothers. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. So uh, I think I talked about it before in the Grand Day Out episode uh, before lockdown. So where before View was View, it was uh, Warner Brothers, and it used to be Warner Pictures, I want to say, and there used to be this massive billboard outside on the wall, and it was kind of blue and white, and it would say kind of the what films they had on, what times they were on, and things like that, and that was generally nine times out of ten where we would go, but this other cinema we went to to see 
Batman and Robin was in the middle of town and it was, uh, I don't think it was even an arts picture house then. I think it was an independent cinema. But I remember you, you kind of go up these stairs and uh, see my main vivid memory of that, funny enough, is it was out the same summer as the Lost World Jurassic Park. And when I went to the toilet, there was a dinosaur, there was a T-Rex roaring. And I was like, what the hell's that? And it scared the literal shit out of me. <laughs> I remember when we saw Batman and Robin that we were there waiting for the screening before to finish and you could sort of peer through these two huge doors that had windows in. And I was really confused why the cinema doors had windows in seen to the screens. And it's just got this huge screenshot of Arnold Schwarzenegger's face. And it was a bit red. And I'm thinking, isn't this the freeze meant to be blue? What's, what's going on with this? And it's fast forward to the end of the film where he's um, uh, falling out and stuff, you know, uh, where they mobilise him with the heat, the heat yeah. batarangs. It was that. And I remember people walking out of the cinema for Batman and Robin and they were walking out literally just before it finished because it was them running into the camera with Batman, Robin and Batgirl. I remember that distinctly because I remember all of... I remember all of the people coming out we were like, holy crap, Batgirl's in this? Because we didn't know at the time. Back in the day where trailers were mostly on the TV or on the side of buses for posters and they'd announce a, an advertiser film for months and then it'd be out for months and months and months and months, not like just a few weeks. Yeah. Um, or at least what would you yeah, I don't remember seeing trailers for any of the films really as a child. No. More just oh, that film's come out because I've seen the name of it on a billboard somewhere or seen a poster for it, promo in it, and you just sort of go, yeah, that'll be all right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, have you got anything else aside from Batman and Robin or, or like I yeah, said, the Phantom so, so I interpreted Rocksmore's question differently. I took it to be literally the first films we ever talked about. So I was going back, what do we used to watch a lot as a kid? I think we had... Captain America and tape. And no, I'm not talking about the 2011 Chris Evans Captain America. I'm talking about the 1990 Captain America. Oh, good Lord. Yes, we did. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the original um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Then we had that on set. Masters of the Universe on cassette. Yeah, we had that tape to the telly, didn't we? I was thinking back to the Blues Brothers. Oh, good Lord. And then I was thinking, like, then I was going, well, Cartoon-wise, what we used to watch a lot of, I was thinking Rescue Rangers, Chip and Dale. Gummy Bears. And, yeah, and even for me, arguably Big Trouble in Little China, even, even at that. <laughs> and I'm just sort of going, I was thinking literally, well, those are the earliest memories of films I remember watching a lot at home on the TV that surely we must have discussed that I don't recall the conversations. Yeah. But then maybe, <clears throat> if we were talking about films that maybe we discussed, well, potentially... Maybe I'd said about The Lion King or The Secret Garden or Power Rangers or Batman Forever because I remember seeing all of those at the cinema without you being there. Some of them, I think, were... I think Lion King was maybe a school trip. So that would have been 92, 93. Secret Garden was around 94. I think I saw Power Rangers and Batman Forever with Dad. And I remember coming back from Batman Forever, they did a huge promo drinks um, thing. Rather than in cardboard, it was plastic, and they painted it in luminous stuff, and it glowed with, like, um, green question marks. Yeah, I remember that. You still have it, do you not? 
No, no, no. Long gone. I was going to say, I thought you still had that. We had it for a good 10, 15 years. Yeah. I'm really sad to see stuff like that kind of disappear into the ether, to be honest, because, I mean, the last time something like that, well, I can remember anyway, is I'm looking at it right now. It's on top of the wardrobe away from Podcast Cat, who's fortunately not here today because he's got a thing for it. There would be the Captain Marvel cup. So I've got the Captain Marvel plastic cup, and that's got um, Talos on top of it, the scroll. Yep. Yeah, see, cool. I love things like that. It's really, really cool. Obviously, I went, ah, oh. obviously, spoilers for Captain Marvel. I went, ah, oh, it's a scroll. Scrolls are the bad guys. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I should have got Captain Marvel. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that things like that probably still happen in the USA or bigger Maybe in like London in the UK in the bigger chains at like the big um, premiership sort of cinema chain um, yeah. venues going of all of the cinemas, for example, probably the one in London or yeah. Manchester or the big cities are going to have all of this cool stuff where all the smaller branches around the country probably doesn't have access to all these cool things and they don't bother shipping them around and that. So. See, that was my thing. See, that's like a little while ago, we were talking about cinemas in general because remember cinemas, remember those. Uh, I was absolutely, yeah. I was absolutely blown away that they used. I can't remember where I heard it now. It was, uh, I must have been listening to another podcast, possibly Sequelizers or or a uh, YouTube channel or something, and they used to have gift shops at the cinema where they used to sell like merchandise from the film. And that just absolutely ah. it absolutely blew my mind thinking, what, you can buy the toys in the foyer when you come out? I was like, what? Yeah, you've just triggered a memory. So I also saw Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the third one, Turtles in time. where they go back in time, at a cinema. I don't remember what cinema it was. I only remember two or three key sequences from that film, and I've only seen it the once. But I do remember either before or after the cinema, they had a huge stand with all of the turtle toys with them all dressed up in, like, samurai stuff. And I remember that. So at that point then, so that would have been that would have been 93 or 94 as well then, based on when that released, not knowing how long the delay was from the States to the UK based on... I remember seeing exactly that. Yeah, that's absolutely... So, yeah, I saw Tales of Time. So we must have discussed that a bit at some point in our childhood. Possibly, yeah, because I I don't ever remember seeing it. I remember seeing it possibly when it was on Sky. Yeah, if that was in 93 or 94, you would have been been two or three. Don't take your children to the cinema. That, and I think probably, like you said, you said about the uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, that was pretty much the first film I ever saw at the cinema. So we must have... Done at all maybe we saw that one but then yeah that's that's my earliest memory because then i'd say mum tells the story to me was that apparently i saw a trailer for mortal Kombat, and i went oh, i want to go see that because that was around the same is, time <laughs> is that why we then ended up getting that on vhs yes <laughs> like i knew we ended up getting that on vhs and they had the a trailer for the animated series before the film which was a promo time for like the newest game at the time, which would have been Mortal Kombat 3. Yeah. Uh, and then the film started. I always wondered why we ended up buying that. Yeah. 
Because I think it's probably... That's where I write Westfield in a gap. Yeah, I think it's because I saw a trailer for it and I said, oh, I want to see that. And obviously Mortal Kombat in the UK is rated a 15. And bearing in mind the Mighty Morphin, yeah, Power, Ranger, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, what was that, 95, 96? It was only like four or five. Yeah, I just like saw, I just saw uh, Scorpion or Sub-Zero and I was like, Ninja! They're like turtles, they're ninjas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's fine. Better film than Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ivan News. Uh, apocalypse. News is back. Apocalypse, don't you mean? <laughs> no, Apocalypse was emulating Ivan News, not the other way around. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Winstolf, host of Shark Select Podcast. Hello. I hope you're well, my friend, and I hope that the wizards are treating you fine. He has asked a very simple question that I, I dread to think that I'm going to have to try and explain this to you. Grapefruit, marry, kill. Mario, Crash Bandicoot, Sonic. So I'm going to assume this is like the children's game that you used to hear in like playgrounds as a teenager of fuck, marry, kill. Um, kind I of. I don't know what grapefruit is, and I almost don't want to know what grapefruit <laughs> is, but I'm thinking you marry Sonic... Right. You kill Mario. Right. Because come on, man, he's just so needy. <laughs> constantly chasing some woman around multiple castles and she's constantly leaving him, like and arguably it's probably for her own safety, right? Like he spends all his time beating and murdering all of these things to get to her and you're like, That's an abusive relationship right there. So you gotta kill him off. <laughs> There's no prison or hold him. You gotta kill him off and then what did you say it was cool? Like grapefruit. Yeah, did that crush bandicoot. <laughs> I don't know what it means, so I can say it without being bothered. It's fine. And I don't want to know what it means. Because if it's that gross, I'm not gonna sleep tonight. So <laughs> I'd rather not know. Oh okay. I won't I won't tell you for, for fear of repercussions, but yeah, I would I would pretty much uh, follow the same sort of lines. I have no love for Mario, so we kill Mario. Yeah. I would yeah. probably uh, probably marry Sonic because he seems like a caring dude. I mean, he has a lot of friends. He he has times for his friends and things. And yeah, so we're actually saying exactly the same thing. Pretty pretty much, I would marry Sonic. He's quite versatile. He has his own yeah. car. He can drive. He's got gold rings, mate. Exactly. He's, he's got mimic. gold. He's got five gold rings. Well, he has all of the rings, and those chaos yeah. emeralds. You know. And yeah, probably. Sparkly. I I don't like to think about it, but probably grapefruit crash bandicoot. I hope you're happy now, yeah. Winstolf. I hope you're happy. Yeah, that that was an easy question. That was an easy one. It's even easier when you don't understand what it means. <laughs> you are you are lucky. You are very very lucky. Okay, moving on. We've got Nicky and Bunty, at Nicky and Bunty on the Twitters. Hello, thank you for having me on your Christmas Day stream. It was very, very nice of you. So they have asked, what is the most disappointed you've been when revisiting something? Now, this is quite a difficult one for me. I think a lot of it would probably be, yeah. be stuff that I watched in childhood that I thought was great. And then I've gone back you... and watched again when I was an adult. Do you want to break this down then to music you can't really do, but do you want to go films and games? I I think so. I think that's going to be the safest bet. 
I think probably video game wise, it's difficult because again, you kind of have that nostalgia thing and it kind of um it kind of protects you from a lot of things because you go, although it's not very good, I have a lot of love for it anyway because of nostalgia. So arguably Oh, I tell you what it is, right? This is controversial opinion. Smash TV. Fuck is that a hard game. Have you played Smash TV on the Master System within the last five, ten years? No, last time I played that would have been when we were still living in Cambridge. So we're looking at considerably longer. Yeah. So I had a lot of love growing up playing Smash TV. So it was a very, very early, arguably a running gunning shooter, very, very similar to modern twin stick shooters. And I went back to it when the whole emulator retro boom sort of kicked off and I downloaded the ROMs. I got it all loaded up and I I went to play it and I was like, this just isn't that good. Which is really, really disappointing because it it handles like complete arse. You don't know, you know, arguably a lot of more modern twin stick shooters do the same thing but better and they control better and they handle better and obviously you've got the whole thing of they look prettier which helps so is your issue that the controls just didn't work well enough on the revisit basically yes because am i right thinking that rather than press like left to shoot left to move left you press left to shoot right yes that's stupid in any game, regardless of 8-bit, 16-bit onwards. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that was was really, really good. That was even harder with a joystick as well, wasn't it? Do you remember one of our pads for the Master System was a joystick rather than a D-pad? Do you remember the joystick having the joystick on the right and the buttons on the left? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I remember Smash TV being really, really disappointing when I come back to that about five, ten years ago or so, because arguably the best twin stick shooter game ever made is I made a game with zombies in it, a little known indie platform game on the Xbox 360, which I'm not sure you can get anymore because of uh, rights issues. Well, not necessarily rights issues, but things to do with indie stuff on the Xbox 360. Uh, if you can find footage of it online, look it up. It's amazing. And then film-wise, that's quite difficult. Because, again, sort of nostalgia protects me. I mean, arguably, you could go Turtles 2. Uh, I feel like album I was going to say nothing really bothers me, but Turtles 2. Turtles 2 is not so good. So disappointed on a revisit to that. It's just poor so i want to say can we be disappointed in going back to something that we've never seen before i mean possibly so i recently watched the original godfather never seen it before which is rated for all of the stars and all of the oscars and awards and all of that sort of thing and i watched and i went that's three hours and I'm kind of disappointed. I can see where some of the tropes will come from in modern films originating Godfather, 
Some of the scenes are quite interesting, but all of the most quoted scenes and bits are in the first five minutes of the film. And I'm just watching it going, this is really disappointing. I just, yeah. yeah Whereas conversely, I've been back and I've watched the 1919 Captain America film, which is why I referenced it earlier. I still like that. We'll ignore that the Red Skull's not a Nazi and he's actually an Italian uh, mafia person rather than a Nazi. We'll ignore that um, the super serum used on a World War II guy when he's actually just a, um, doesn't make him super strong. It just turns him into like an athlete or something. And they took huge liberties with this. It was so much you look at it and go, that's so terrible. But I really enjoyed it. Even even now, and that shows you that nostalgia is strong with me. See, I don't know if I'd want to watch it again because I remember when I was much, much younger, I had a toy shield from a sword and shield play kit thing and I would often throw it about pretending I was Captain America. Yeah. I have many fond, vivid memories of that and I don't know if I'd want to revisit that film. It's like the... um, It's fine. That's like the Robocop, I want to say, TV movie. Do you remember that? The one that led into the series. Yes. So you're not saying Robocop 3 with Jetpack. You're saying the one after that, yeah. which was the lead into the... That was, that was a feature length from like Pugface was the yeah. main villain. That's the one. No, that was shit then, mate. There's there's no... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but when you're, when you're five, six years old or whatever, you're like, that. that's a robot cop. That's a robot, and I like robots. Yeah. And, it's and you go, it'd be so much better if it was really, really violent and had lots of blood <laughs> splat. And, uh, and then you watch the original and you go, yeah, this is what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but I hadn't seen uh, that at this point. I'm trying to think. I can't think of too many films or any films beyond that Turtles one that I go back to. Um, and I think, again, that's where Turtles 3 I've only seen once and I won't really watch that because I know that's terrible from what I've heard so I'm not going to I've watched that recently it's awful Turtles 2 I think I recall seeing a couple of times as a child and I remembered it being having much more to it whereas Turtles 1 was the one I watched all of the time whereas I know a lot of people are more into the newer newer ones because they're more child friendly I'm like Nah, nah, even as a child, I need my stuff to be angsty <laughs> and, and dark and gritty and all the other cliches. So when I recently went back to Tars 2, and straight away it's got a burglary happening and they're all in bright-coloured ski masks, the burglars this is. I just went, oh, no. And then this little guy jumps out to um, stop them all from stealing. I'm like, oh, no. So you um, can project onto him, don't you know? Because it was aimed at kids. I projected onto the burger going, yeah, punch him in the face, stamp <laughs> on him. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I, I, re- I really... That one, because I hadn't seen him much as a child, I don't think I held it in that high regard. But looking at it now, I'm like, this is bad. But when I go back to the first one, which I do still watch quite often, I think I watched it late last year as well, I'm like, well, this is really good. This is superbly brilliant so uh, I don't know what to say yeah so there aren't many films films I'd go back to and be disappointed by Um, video game wise let's have a thing I don't think I can think of any thinking back to the PlayStation 1 
I can't picture any games that I've gone back to that have disappointed me. Again, though, you do have that layer of nostalgia with it, being the whether it be the the problem or or what have you. But then also, I said my nostalgia is very strong because when I played Chase of Express, I was nostalgic for that, and I've never played it before. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, I'm looking at the moment at some PS3 games, and I'm sort of going, even the shit ones we've replayed recently were still quite entertaining. So. Maybe it's because I tend to play AAA or very good games on the general so that when I go back to them, I can go, this is really good for what it was at the time and not be bothered. Whereas if I was playing like a a Poundland game or something and then come back to it many years later, I'd be like, this is absolute horse bollock shit Um, (laughs) that it might bother me. But then uh, chances are at the time I would have this is horseshit bollocks, wouldn't have really liked it. And then going back to it, uh, yeah, so I don't think, yeah, I think video games isn't quite the same for me. That's fair. I mean, I can't argue with that. I think music, I mean, it's it's a difficult one because, again, you yeah, like I, what you like. I mean, your tastes can evolve and expand, but not necessarily yeah. into this. Of those guilty one-hit wonders that happened in the 90s, which you, you go, oh, that's a great song, I really like that, and then you listen back to it and go, I was just brainwashed by the media. <laughs> you go, one-hit wonders, like, what was it? There was um, Barbie Girl by Aqua, that was a one-hit wonder. Everybody went, really like that, should we catch And you're like, no, it's got brainwashing in it. You go, what was that other one by that band? What are they called, like the Ting Tangs or Walla Walla Bing Bang? Oh, with the cover mm-hmm. of the cartoon. That was it, the um, the Witch Dog cover. Yeah, it was a cover, wasn't it? And you're like, again, that's a one-hit wonder. But you see what I mean? All those things you go, these hit number one in the UK because we're a damaged society <laughs> and did really, really well. But you know at the time that these are shit and awful, so... Me going now, if I was to go back and listen to that, I'd go, this is shit. But I knew it at the time, even though it was number one and everybody's singing it and the radio is constantly pumping out, which is why, funny enough, I don't listen to the radio anymore. I, I've got a couple of words there to describe what you've just said. And I think it will encapsulate everything that you've just said perfectly. Mr. Blobby, Christmas number one. Um, But then arguably... Oh, no. Don't defend Mr. Blobby. Please don't. No, no. A couple of weeks ago, oh, no. I started humming out at random, remember you're a womble. They've shaken his head now on the video feed. Mm. And someone said to me, is that the wombles you're humming on? I went, yep. I don't know why it's just happened. And then, the, the, you want to know the, what the worst thing about this whole thing is? The next person along went, what's a womble? No, no, I had my first one was well, the Prime Minister's a right womble. <laughs> Satire. And then my second response was, you know, they they cleaned up Wimbledon Green. You know, <laughs> how you not didn't register with them at all. I'm like fucking hell, mm. disgraceful. I think with talk of wombles, we should move on to the last question. Remember, 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 what a wumble, wumble, wumble you are. Mm. 
God. So last question comes from John Carpenter's That Bunty or Bunty on the Twitter. Hello, Bunty. Hope you are well. What's the weirdest, most out there thing you've covered on the podcast? And is there anything you've wanted to cover but couldn't get hold of? So I think I should probably field this one. Most definitely. So, But surely the answer is I am a table. It wasn't that Paris Hilton thing, was it? Because we're all pretty surprised that she made music. Even more surprised that it's available on Spotify. I mean, there there is that. It would have to be the album Through My Dog's Eyes by Ethel Duaf. That was pretty weird. Although I do find myself humming it occasionally at work because that first line also is incredibly catchy. The first line being, um, I've got a present for you. It's a cat. Because reasons. <laughs> it was... Oh, it was weird. Um, and I think... Another weird one as well. I want to say weird was probably one of my very first uh, movie episodes as well. I want to say, if you haven't seen it, The Happiness of the Catacurus is fucking weird. <laughs> I'm I'm not just saying weird for the sake of it being weird. It's fucking weird. <laughs> like, is, you've just said a load of random words that I don't understand. It, so. It's so very odd. It's random animated sequences for no reason. And I, I yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's it's really, really good. But if you're not expecting it, it's really, really weird. So what I'm hearing is it's a bit weird. It's really, really weird. <laughs> hmm. So, so, so then, weird. So then to answer the second part of the question then, what's a very obscure thing that you'd like to cover but may not be able to get hold of? which could be either due to it being, let's say, out of print or saying they would have to be imported or saying that's just so old that it's not available in modern media. See, now, I was going to say Barbie Rapunzel, but somebody's very kindly or not kindly given me a copy of that. You know who you are, and you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Um, aside from that, I did toy with the idea not long ago, uh, it's still something I want to do, is look into the DPP 39 of Video Nasties list and go through each film, watch them, and give my honest take on them. But the problem with that is, is a lot of them haven't moved off. Of, they're either, you can't get them on DVD or on Blu-ray because they never made the jump from VHS or there's still a lot of them that are still cut or again a lot of the prints and things have been lost because of they're so cheap they were so cheap to make the prints weren't particularly brilliant and the transfers are just really really god awful to kind of make out what's going on so that's definitely something I'd love to do at some point but I don't know how feasible it is because there's stuff like, I mean, one of the, 
for example, one of the films is called The Beast in Heat. It's one of the DPP 39, and that's basically you can't get hold of it in the UK because it's nasty, nasty, Nazi exploitation. You can't get hold of it for love nor money, and trying to import it is quite difficult. Questionable. And, I mean, I did own it for a brief period of time. I don't know how I got my hands on it. Uh, but oh, I don't own it anymore. And it's not something I'd be particularly comfortable with necessarily wanting to search up online without a knock on the door from the police. Especially nowadays where, we're, where we've done all of our political things to really segregate ourselves. I don't think it's... Um... Yeah going to go down too well with um, our Orwellian government. Pretty much. I mean, there is only one Nazi exploitation available legally within the UK at this moment in time, and I have seen it. It's a pile of crap. It's not even worth covering on the podcast because it's that awful, because of course I've seen it. Uh, I want to say it's called SS Experimentation Camp, and it was... Awful. I don't want to say anything more about it, but yeah. But with that um, weird tangent we went off in there, I think we are pretty much done. I want to say thanks very much to all of our subscribers and listeners and everybody who's involved with this weird and wonderful podcast. I want to say thank you. I, I want to say thank you very much for continuing to support us, whether that be liking, rating, subscribing, whether it be giving donations or what have you. Thank you very much. Don't forget that we are on the Twitter as at one podcast. Go give us a follow and a like. And we're on Podchaser. I would also just like to thank everybody as well. Yeah, participating in a podcast has been a very positive experience and quite enjoyable. And it's nice to receive any and all feedback that you um, that is offered to us. It is indeed. Now I know Matt doesn't have the Twitter, so I do pass on everything that anything that sort of comes his way, I will pass on to him. So rest assured, Sharing he is caring. he is receiving everything. <laughs> so I think what we'll leave you with this time. What should we leave him with this time, Matt? Gotta be Wombles. Stay safe. You got this. I'm just going to drink some of this black magic potion top of the manor. Well, no, manor's normally blue, isn't it? One of those. Manor or mana? Manor. There you go. That's a clip for your outtake.